On this new episode of Uninterrupted, we're going to be introducing my new co-host, Bailey. We are also going to be talking about Mac Jones. Is he owning an OTAs? How's he doing? How's he looking? We're going to talk some Julio Jones rumors, Kyrie Irving controversy with the Celtics, and we're going to be talking about the Bruins and how much they're owning right now. It's going to be a great show. You don't want to miss it. Let's go. Why for silence every time I freely speak I'm a word. Ball. Fourth quarter ninth inning looking for the ball. While I'm out here winning, you just waiting for a call. CJ, why you falling out? That's dangerous. These people talking so crazy. They really be on that fake shit. Cause when you start winning, they make you they make shit. All isolation. Don't get no fuck out of play my shit all night long. I'm just trying to take a breather. I need a breather. I need a little two seater. I need a little watch with a freezer. Too many feds try me up. They try and be my stuff. That's why I pull up in a ghost so they can't see us. Yeah, they can't see I am your host, Brian, and today we got a special show. Uh, I'm introducing my new co-host, uh, Bailey, and uh, we are excited to have her on. She joined Title Talk Media uh, last week, I think, and uh, she's going to be running uh, the podcast here with me and possibly, uh, you know, making special appearances uh, in other podcasts throughout the, our podcast season. Uh, how are you, Bailey? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Um, I've actually been listening to the podcast for a while, so I am happy to be on. Awesome. And we're happy to have you on. And uh, we know you have previous podcast experience. We, you're super awesome. Uh, uh, LB tells me you're wicked smart. So, uh, <laughs> you better. It's, it's, yeah. So uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, by the way, shout out to LB. And uh, we're excited to have you. And look, we're, we're going to be talking a lot of pats. We talk a little bit about everything on our show. But uh, I think one of the things I wanted to talk about, I, I don't know, I'm, I, I started this morning really well. I told you a story off air about my car, but we're not going to get into that. But I did start this morning, Friday, birds are chirping, decent weather, right? And then I start seeing all these reports piggybacking off what Tom Curran said last night about Mac Jones' size and how he's small. He doesn't have a live arm, right? And I'm like, okay, that's annoying. You know, everybody seems to be praising, you know, how well he did for his first day, that he was the first, you know, second QB taking reps at the camp. And this guy comes and says, he looks small and doesn't have a live arm. Okay. Very right. cool. Very, very cool, Tom Curran. And now you have... I saw a clip from Colin Coward's show where he's basically saying that, well, all these other quarterbacks, they're physical specimens and they look great. And then you see Mac Jones and then nothing. And you know how he's a meme and there's a reason he couldn't go three and blah, blah, blah. Just basically just kind of piggybacking off this Koran report. I got to tell you, Bailey, I'm extremely annoyed already. Because I was not expecting for this uh, clownery to be, you know, be around this early. But then again, it's Boston media, right? Right. I mean, it's, you know, we can't really expect anything less from all, some of these Boston media. And I'm not saying Boston media in general is bad. There are some very good beat guys that we know. Meredith Gorman, he's a friend of the show. She's been on. Alex Barth comes on all the time. You know, he's great. You know, we have some really cool people. Mark Schofield, great people. Steve Ballester, we have a lot of good guys, a lot of big guys that come on the show. But it's just reports like this irk me. So can you please explain to me, like I'm two, um, 
why do you think these reports are being made such a big deal today? And are you as annoyed as I am? Yeah, I mean, first of all, I'm an, I'm an Alabama fan. So um, mm. I've been to plenty of games. I've watched Matt Jones live. So he's honestly not that small. I mean, I think the biggest thing is he's in baggy clothes. So obviously, you know, and then you compare him to like Cam Newton, who's like, 6'3", or whatever, however tall he is. I mean, yeah, you're going to see a difference. But at the same time, I don't think, you know, you can go back years ago when Tom Brady was at his rookie camp. I mean, they said basically the same thing about his arm. Like, oh, well, he doesn't have arm strength. Well, that's something you can fix, you know. But I don't think his height and, like, his size is a big deal to me. Um, I really don't – I think he's tall enough. I mean, I don't – you're not – you know, he's not like a – I'm trying to think of who – I guess I could compare him to being small. I mean, he's not small. He's not short. I mean, he's taller than Kyler Murray, right? Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's bigger He's bigger than Drew Brees' size. Russell Wilson is not a huge guy either. And granted, I'm not comparing Mac Jones' ability to those guys. But yeah. if we're talking strictly size, strictly size, right? Right. Then what's the problem? What's the, I, when is, in the modern NFL, when do you have to be a giant – when do you have to be an ogre to be successful mm-hmm. in the NFL? You don't. And then, you know, and then Colin Coward's report basically said, oh, well, on top of that, he has – what happens if a break, uh, play breaks down and he, does, he doesn't have the gift? Basically implying that only quarterbacks with mobility are mm-hmm. able to do it. And, and, but he very, you know, um, he, he very conveniently left out, oh, he names Tom Brady at the end. He's like, oh, well, Tom Brady, he's bizarre. You know, he just moves around the pocket really well, but he's bizarre. I'm like, oh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so you're praising all these other quarterbacks saying that they, they're better than Mac Jones in the sense that they have mobility and he doesn't, which, by the way, Mac Jones is not a, not, he's not a statue back there. He has, he has some mobility. And yeah. on top of that, you're going to tell me, oh, but Tom Brady, probably the, the, the most classic of all classic quarterbacks as far as a pocket, you know, a standard pocket quarterback with very little mobility who just came off his seventh, uh, seventh Super Bowl ring. You're telling me that, you know, guys who are good in the pocket or he can't be a, a decent quarterback in the pocket if a play breaks down, he can't manage it? It's, it's, it's stupidity. I just feel like they're finding narratives to shit on Mac Jones already, and it's annoying. It's annoying mm-hmm. the living shit out of me. It's... it's I think it's a stupid, lazy take. It's a bad narrative to say, well, Mac Jones is smaller. Therefore, there's a reason now that he went that low. Oh, and on top of that, he has no mobility. So, you know, Mac Jones sucks. Like, yeah, I also, uh, I also think it has something to do with, because, you know, draft night, or, you know, you can go back even to, I guess, the senior bowl or whatever. Everyone was saying, you know, Whoever gets Mac Jones, you know they're going to get a steal. But then the switches, when the Patriots have an option, you know, to get him, it's all like, well, Mac Jones isn't going to be the best quarterback. Right. You know, and then now that we saw him basically being the second quarterback and being able to read a defense and, like, already knowing all these plays in the playbook, they realize, okay, well, Mac Jones is actually – might actually, you know, be the next coming in New England. And so I feel like they have to – go back to where, you know, they're going to have to say negative things because they don't want to get Patriots fans, you know, all hyped up. But in a way, I feel like that's stupid because, obviously, I'm just going to say it, 
Cam Newton's not the future. And if you think he is, I don't know what your problem is, but he's not the future. <laughs> he's not backed up money for a reason. And right. if I was Cam Newton, I wouldn't, I don't want to say be worried, but like Mac Jones is there for a reason. It's not going to be Jarrett Sidham. It's not going to be Brian Hoyer. It's going to be Mac Jones. Um, right. And the fact that he's already turning heads in literally like the first training camp practice, it's, uh, I'm not surprised, but at the same time, you know, it's something that I think everyone needs to realize. I mean, you know, Evan Lazar and Alex Bart, you know, they said it too. They were very shocked that, right. you know, they didn't, I mean, I don't think anyone expected, you know, uh, Mike Jones to be taking second reps. Um, no. so, you know, they do it by sonority usually, um, right. but clearly that's not the case this year. So I don't know. Right. I'm just excited to see more of him. I think, you know, I think the takes of his height and size is stupid. Um, you know, that, I just don't believe in it, but right. Just- right. I, I, like I said, it's, it's, it's the, the, the fact that I think it's comical that it's Mac Jones' size is being brought up into question is because, Matt Jones, right, like I said, he may not be the biggest size. But, you know, again, there are other quarterbacks in the league currently who are not the biggest guys. They're not mm-hmm. monsters. Kyler Murray is not a monster. Now, granted, Kyler Murray is an exceptionally fast player. So he, a lot of people may say that he makes up with that with speed. He's a, he's a good – he's a fast player. But mm-hmm. to play the quarterback position, you don't need just speed. Speed alone is no, not going to cut it, you know. Right, uh, Lamar Jackson, incredibly elusive, quick twitch, very fast. But please tell me what's Lamar Jackson's record in the playoffs, and please tell me what success rate has Lamar Jackson had so far in the playoffs to tell me that you know that you know his speed alone has not been able to get it done mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You need to be able to throw the football. In the way I see it, Mac mm-hmm. Jones throws the football. The way I see it, Tom Curran. Doesn't know he should not. He doesn't even know what a fucking live arm is. How do you know what a live arm? Is? He he can't even throw a tennis ball. And this guy's talking about live arm. I'm sorry, Tom Curran. I'm sorry if Mac Jones, when he threw the football, the football didn't light on fire midair. Mm-hmm. All right, so that the arm could look livelier. Maybe he should have done some, you know, I don't know, some arm curlings or something for you. So maybe he showed you the biceps or how good his arm was, but. Right. Stupid, stupid take. And then Colin Cowards as well. You know, I think it's, it's just ridiculous. Um, He's wish, wishy-washy. Right. right. One day he's on the Patriots and then the next, you know, the next day he hates the Patriots. It, it's, 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 it's real. Now, we want to welcome to a show uh, another guest of mine, a good friend of mine, JR. Uh, he does uh, Bruins Talk. Uh, we, you know, I was able to be, get on his pod yesterday for uh, Bruins Talk. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I wanted to invite him over now to my show so that he can come and talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of football and a little bit more Austin sports. Uh, what's going on, Jr.? Um, nothing much. Not enjoying it truly at the moment. Uh, yeah, we don't want to enjoy Trulies. We don't like Trulies on the show. All right, whiskey. We like whiskey. We like rum. But uh, at least I'm not a fan of Trulies. Um, now let me ask you something, Jr. We've been talking a little bit about Mac Jones and the criticism uh, that some of these people are giving him all of a sudden because they're calling him small. Uh, what do you take about uh, this uh, sudden interest in Mac Jones' size uh, ever since uh, Tom Curran's report uh, ran yesterday that he looks small, uh, smaller than the other quarterbacks? Uh, Tom Curran's probably never played a single snap of football in his whole entire life. Um, 
So he went from saying, oh, Mac Jones is the guy for the Patriots to, oh, he doesn't look as big as Cam. He's not, you know, big. I mean, the dude was a little bit chunky. I mean, if you look at him in college, he was a little bit chunky. But he's lost weight. He's slimmed down. He's leaned up. And, I mean, he's competing for a starting job right now. So I don't know what the big deal is. I really don't know. I do you, do you think it necessarily means something that he's smaller than the other quarterbacks? Uh, or does that really matter to you when it comes to the terms of can he deliver a football? Can he make a pre-snap read? Can he tell who the Mike linebacker is? Can he deliver an accurate football to the correct player? Can he change, uh, make pre-snap decisions or put people in the right spots to make plays? And can he throw the football, you know, and hit players, you know, where they need to be hit? Do you think that is the case with that, Jones? No, not at all. Okay. Not at all. I I think I don't – I mean, you read the reports and everything that people were saying. It's like he was hitting them in the face. Like, that's what you need to be doing. Like, he caught Lacoste off guard with a pass. Like, his accuracy, his timing, his ability to read the defense. Like, I was reading a thing earlier today about when he was taking reps with Aglor, how they were switching up coverages, and they had a blitz, and it was like an offline blitz coming out of it. Aguilar and both him picked it up at the same time. He's like, yeah, like this is uh, what we're going to do. And they switched up. Uh, I didn't see Cam Newton do that all year last year. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, Bailey was alluding to that. You know, she actually, you know, uh, she has been, she's an Alabama fan and she's seen Mac Jones and that hasn't been an, you know, that has not hindered him. Okay. And I think he played in one of the top college football programs in the country. Over the last two decades, they've been at the top of excellence, basically, in Alabama. And I really don't think that, you know, um, that has a major hindrance. What I want to know is, is Matt Jones bigger than Tua or is Tua bigger? Because I don't think that Tua is necessarily a giant either. Like, I don't think he's that big. I think you're like a couple inches apart. Well, Matt Jones is actually a lot bigger than Tua. Like, when you put them side by side, you can definitely tell Matt Jones is bigger. Uh, so Mac Jones is bigger. So where's Tom Curry's report saying, "Oh, you know what? But uh, you know Mac Jones, smaller than other quarterbacks in the Patriots, but bigger than Tua." Like and that's what that's my whole point is that it's a goofy thing to say because at this point you're getting your first look at the quarterback, right? And uh, if unless his size means something completely like, "Oh my God!" Like this guy's getting the balls batted down on the line of scrimmage, he can't make a pass. What does it matter if he's smaller than the other guys? How about well, you tell me what the guy's doing with the football? Yeah. Well, let's also not forget that in college, literally just last season, Mac Jones is offensive lineman. Like Deontay Brown is probably the biggest human in, in a, like in college history. So, and he hardly ever got the ball swatted down. So, yeah. that's what I think. He, his yeah. height is fine. He's going to be fine. I mean, he. You know, he's fine. I just think people are blowing this up to make a big deal out of it when literally there's no reason to make a big deal about it. Let's talk about something that it, like people have been to- they've been telling me it's a big deal. The fact that Mac Jones is taking uh, quarter- quarterback reps right behind camp. He's second in reps. Uh, how big of a deal do you guys think that is that Mac is already taking reps so fast as the guy right behind Newton. You would expect that maybe Stidham or maybe Hoyer would have taken some reps behind Newton right away and not me throwing Mac Jones right into the fire. But it seems that Bill Belichick is going to throw him out there right away and he's going to test him 
and uh, he's passing the eye test right now. So what, how, what, what would you say is, is the rate between one through 10 uh, of how big of an impact that, or how big of a deal actually it is that Mac is already second in reps? Um, you can already tell going by his knowledge of the playbook already. Bill Belichick said that he's already jumped headfirst into it, and he's learning more and more and more every day. So, I mean, yeah, I get Hoyer and Stidham know the playbook, but, I mean, it's really impressive that Mac's already owning like that. He's already taking second reps. It's not going to be long until he gets with the ones, and when he shows out with the ones, I think Cam's done. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even think preseason is going to matter how Cam performs. If Mac shines through camp and preseason, they might give Cam the – the first, like the first starting game, but I think Max had to take it from him after week one, easily. Yeah. No, you, what about you? What do you think? How big of a deal is this? Honestly, I think it's a huge deal. Um, I mean, I know he's a first round pick, but we also have a coach in Bill Belichick. Well, where are you? He's not afraid to like let you wait and sit, you know. Um, and Absolutely. that's about Mac Jones is he sat a long time in college just to get a start. I mean. So he's, you know, he's going to wait, but at the same time, he's not going to be like a Stidham where he's just going to, you know, quietly sit back and wait his turn. No, he's going to learn the playbook. He's going to practice. He's going to get it. So when it is his turn, he's going to be like, listen, I ain't waiting anymore. I want to go. And that's why I say I think this preseason is a big deal, way more than previous years, because I think if, you know, there's only going to be three games. So I think if Mac Jones just keeps having a great, you know, camp, and then he goes out in preseason and has a great preseason. And then there's Cam who, you know, just does mediocre, not doesn't show you any flashes, but you know, he's consistent. I will not be surprised if Bill Belichick says, listen, Hey, we're going to go with Mac Jones. You know, um, I will not be surprised if that happens. I do think as right now, Cam, yeah, Cam will be the starter, but I do think it is, a, it's a big deal that he's already, you know, um, getting the second reps and, you know, like JR said, I mean, he's learned already, you know, a lot of the playbook. Um, right. And it's very important. Right, right. And look, I, like I said, I've talked to a couple of the beat guys around, uh, you know, uh, of some of the guys who have been around the football team as, as far as uh, OTAs and stuff like that. And they've been really impressed uh, with the way Mac Jones has been able to uh, make adjustments and the coaches are testing him. The mm. coaches are testing Mac Jones' ability to make adjustments and they're throwing wrinkles in there to see if he can pick them up and make adjustments. So it's like JR said, you know, there was a story, I think it was by Greg Bedard, where he said, you know, they, that Aguilar and him made an adjustment based on a, a, on a defense that they were able to read pre-snap, and he made, a correct, he made a correct call on that. And I think that as the coaching staff continues to challenge Mac Jones, if he's able to pass those hurdles, you know, you're going to see – uh, a lot more confidence going forward and thinking that maybe he has a possibility to take the starting job. I do believe Cam is the starter right now, but I do not believe that the job is already sealed and locked away uh, and it's Cam's. It's absolutely Cam's job to lose, but it's still a competition. It's a competition, and I, do, I believe it's as open as, a, as it possibly can be. And it's not just a competition for the starter, but it's also a competition for the backup role. You know, you mm -hmm. have to think that maybe Jared Stidham, you know, he's got to be sweating some bullets right now because you have a veteran like Brian Hoyer who's been there for a long time. You know, he knows the system. He knows the ins and outs. He has a lot of experience with the team so that he's going to be applying pressure, you know, to, to Jared Stidham. 
And where does that leave Cam Newton? You know, I, I, is Cam Newton going to accept a backup role if Mac Jones ends up being the winning the starting job? Uh, that that's that's a big question to answer. I, I I personally don't think Cam would accept a backup role. I think I'm, his uh, I think he was pride would take it. You know, I think his pride would, would allow him to take that. Yeah, but, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he'll be fine with the backup. I I mean, he can still play. I mean, that's debatable, but I mean, realistically, he can still play. It's just I don't see him sitting on the bench, you know, and watching a rookie take over. I just don't see that happening. Uh, no, absolutely not. And look, let's 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 uh, let's switch it up a little bit here. And um, there's been, you know, aside from everything that you guys have seen here, OTAs have heard and read. Is there anything besides the Mac Jones QB thing going on? Obviously, Mac Jones has taken a lot of the headlines, but is there anything else in camp that has caught your eye that you're like, ooh, like you know, that's interesting. I can't wait to see that, or I can't wait to see this player or this player looking. Is there anything else besides? Mac Jones that you have guys have read uh, or heard of in OTAs that caught your eyes, uh, Bailey? Um, I don't want to necessarily caught my eye, but it like maybe relieved a sh- weight off my shoulder that you know they're praising Nelson Aguilar already. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know he had That's a great, big. yeah, he had a great um, you know catch, and a lot of people want to base you know Nelson off of his career in Philly, which. It's fair, but I don't think you can do that. You know, I don't think that's necessarily fair to do. Um, I mean, when he was with the Raiders, he had a great career. Or not great, but he had a good career. So I'm just hoping it'll translate, you know, to New England because we we can use that, you know, um, that kind of receiver other than, you know, Myers. We really only had Myers who was our receiver. um, Right. That could do that. So I, you know, taking that weight off, you know, Myers or whoever – is next, you know, maybe it's born or whoever. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I don't know. I just feel like that's going to be good for whoever the quarterback is and for New England. Um, yeah. You know, they did, I saw, I did see reporters saying, you know, there's definitely a um, a speed difference and like agility difference between Aguilar and then the rest of our receivers. So we right. haven't really in a while. Um, yeah. So I am excited to see, you know, what he can do. Yep, and, and you know what? That's that's a good that's a good observation. I think um, that that Nelson Aguilar has been popping off. They, he made a, a over the shoulders catch on an underthrown Brian Hoyer uh, bomb, and he made a great catch. You're all Jr. alluded to earlier that he did a really good uh, connection with Mac Jones on a, on a particular play. So Nelson Aguilar is actually that's a really good catch, Bailey. I, I like that. I like that you mentioned. What about you, Jr.? Is there anything else besides Mac Jones taking all the headlines at, at Patriots OTA so far that's caught your eye? Uh, I'm gonna apologize really quick. Uh, I got kicked from the ch- uh, the call, but mm, that's okay. We're back now. But um, so I really haven't seen him at OTAs. But the one person I'm really interested to seeing when he gets to work, um, it's one of my favorite players. He's returning. Um, it's Kyle Van Noy. Uh, I really loved him as a Patriot, and I'm glad he's back. Uh. I really cannot wait to see what's different with him now that he's kind of had a leadership role in last season and see what he can bring to the defense now because we don't know what's going to go on with Hightower. Um, obviously, you have Jude on um, and bringing in Christian Barmore in the draft and everything like that and Davon Godshaw. Um, he's, I'm just looking at Kyle Van Noy because that's one player I've always loved as a Patriot, and I just cannot wait to see what he can do this year and next year because we have him for two years. Right. So. I can't wait for him to get the OTAs and also Jonu Smith. 
I mean, he hasn't been in New England since he signed his contract. I mean, I know this is all voluntary and everything like that, but you would think you'd want to be like building chemistry and everything like that with your teammates and your quarterbacks. Right. Oh, you know, it's, it's, it's voluntary. Like I said, I'm sure. Oh, no, I get it. hundred percent. Like, no, yeah, I, I think, I think, you know, like I said, it's, uh, there's a lot of veterans for the Patriots who are not there uh, as well either. So, I mean, it's, you got to take it up with a grain of salt. You know, you have a lot of guys. I think this is more, more for some of the young guys uh, to work in. You know, I know there's some vets in there, like, and also some new guys that like Kendrick Bourne is there and Hunter Henry are there to create some chemistry, but there's only mm-hmm. so much chemistry you can do in short, you know, in pads, no pads and just short, uh, shorts and, uh, and a shirt, you know, so uh, I'm not taking it too, too hard uh, that there, he's not there. I would like to see him there. Uh, but, you know, like I said, I think in due time that will come. I think these police players will be ready to put in the work. Now, as far as me, I think I saw a picture of I think and I believe uh, uh, Bryson was one of the people I saw who posted a picture of Damian Harris. And Damian Harris looks like a tank. I, I am excited to see him. <laughs> He's oh, built like a I mean, bowling ball. No, Damian Harris. No, no, no. Bowling balls are round. This guy is built like a cake. All right. There's nothing. There's nothing round about. This Look guy, at his. Right? I'm talking about his quads. They're just. No, they're, this, no, no. They're, 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 they're like bells. Okay. This guy looks like he's ready to run for seventeen thousand yards next season. He's. Look, I I looked at him and I was like, oh my god, that's really <laughs> Damian Harris. I was like, is that Damian Harris or Derrick Henry? Holy cow. And he looks he looks crazy jacked. And what? I'm like, I look, if Damian Harris picked up got stronger than last year, he was already a guy who was uh a, a very north and south runner and a guy who can literally just drag people. He was not an easy tackle. He yeah. he broke a ton of tackles last season. That's one of the things I liked about him over Sonny, is that he broke tackles, and he created yards, you know, after contact, which is huge. And mm-hmm. as a running back, you want your running back to be able to sometimes, you know, if it's not a clear hole, to create something when there's not a lot there. It helps you. Uh, Damian Harris looks absolutely jacked. He looks like he can compete in the world's strongest man right now. And if, if he's able to maintain his speed and gain all that that muscle that I saw him and how mm-hmm. beefed up he looks, my lord, watch out because the Patriots already have a top five offensive line. And now you're yeah. adding Damian Harris with with another year and more jack than ever looking primed. I'm pre I'm listen, uh I'm I'm gonna drop a poll here in, in a little while and I'm gonna ask for some predictions of uh, what's the upcoming projection for Damian Harris. And I, if I don't see 1,300 yards and 14 touchdowns from Damian Harris, I'll be a little bit disappointed because I think he is ripe for one of those huge, huge seasons um, where, you know, it's, it's very rare for a New England running back to have one, a, a really big season. I mean, the last New England running back that I can remember that had a huge season was Corey Dillon, and that was back, you know, maybe, what, 2004? So yeah. I, I'm really predicting huge things, and I'm super excited for Damian Harris. Like, I'm jacked for Damian Harris. I mean, I, mean, I can – I'm really excited. You go ahead, Bailey. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say it's going to be interesting to see if Damian Harris and then, you know, Stevenson, like them two, just running over people. Because Stevenson's <laughs> yeah. a big boy, too. Yes. Reminders, I'm you can't forget. That yes. dude's a fucking animal. We I, might have – we might have the strongest people of running backs we've ever seen. You add Damien Harris, the way he's looking, and Ramondre Stevenson, and 
My God. I mean, geez, stop those guys. They'll punish you. Imagine having to face those guys. You know, one guy goes in a series, and then you get the other guy, and then you get the other guy, and they're just constantly coming at you. I would not want to tackle those guys all game. No. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want to do it. Be crazy. I'm just gonna say, like, I have I have high hopes for Damian Harris this uh this upcoming season. He's been honestly my favorite running back we've had for a minute. Um, honestly, I think he would have had more yards and more touchdowns if he didn't get robbed by our glorified running back at quarterback that we had last year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, well, it's yeah. obvious. Like, there was so many touchdowns. Damian Harris could have punched in from the one, and it's like Cam's like, oh, I'll take it. Look, I, I, look for me, it's not about. Who gets the touchdowns as long as we get the touchdowns? But I think that, you know, Damian Harris also faced a lot of a lot of teams who are stacking the boxes because they man boxes. Believe, yeah, they, they didn't believe in 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 Cam's throwing ability, so they would stack the boxes. You, you see a lot of eight man boxes, even nine man boxes, where they would just come in and just everybody else at the line of scrimmage and they were coming and then you know for a running back, even how good no matter how good your your offensive line is. You're not going to be able to block, you know, so many guys like that. And it was tough for Damian Harris also in some games to get going because of that, because it was we have no threat of a passing game. Now, you add maybe I don't know a I'm just going to say this uh, Julio Jones uh, perhaps uh, to the Patriots, and then you put Nelson Aguilar on the outside to take the top off the defense and keep defenses honest. And then you take Julio Jones on the other side. And then you got Jacoby Myers in the slot or Kendrick Bourne, you know, right there. And then you got the two tight ends like John Smith. And, and all of a sudden, you're if you're a running back in the New England Patriots, you are going to eat because you're going to have a lot less eight-man boxes and you might have a lot of dime and nickel defenses trying to stop your aerial attack or trying to, you know, prevent you from, uh, from getting a, uh, some lo- – big chunks of, you know, over the air. And that's what makes the whole possibility of having competent quarterback play more exciting. Now, when it comes to the Julio Jones uh, trade rumors, what do you guys make of the Julio Jones trade rumors? And what exactly would you be willing to give up to bring Julio Jones to New England? Whatever it takes. You, Let's start with you, Billy. And then we'll jump on for you, Deji. I agree. I will send him my two legs, my two arms. <laughs> I don't even care at this point. Right. There, there's some people saying that they do not want to give a first rounder up, and I'm like, why? Julio Jones still has a good three to four years left. I mean, yes, he did just he had a hamstring injury, okay. But if you're if you're looking at it and you're telling me that you would not want Julio Jones on the Patriots, you're either on crack or you're just dumb. Because or both. You're yeah. you're dumb and uncracked. <laughs> Probably on both because yeah. literally we don't – I mean, yes, we did add, you know, Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar. But that doesn't mean that you still cannot go get Julio Jones, who is still a top five receiver in this league. I mean, you know, and it would just make it more easy for whoever's catching the ball, you know, beside him because obviously everyone's going to pay attention to Julio Jones. It's Julio Jones. Um, so there's no way that I would not give up a first rounder or whatever it takes to get him to New England. I mean, he already wants to be here. He already wants to play with Mac Jones. I mean, God, I just said it. Uh, <laughs> probably Mac Jones. Who knows? So, I mean, you know, I I just think you gotta go for it. Just just do it. 
Yep. Now, uh, Jr., what what do you think? What would you give up to get uh, to bring uh, Julio to the Patriots uh, here to, and and see what he's got here uh, as part of the Patriots? What would you give up? Because I, you know, that's that seems to be where everybody's kind of debating is you know what kind of compensation is uh, you would give. So, what kind of compensation would you give to bring Julio Jones over here? Would you give him first? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I don't care. I'll give Nikhil Harry in a first. I want Julio Jones in New England. Like, <laughs> like she yeah. said, she's a, he's still a top five. I mean, he really is still a top five. He's dealt with injuries the past couple of years, which is, I mean, it's reasonable. I mean, he is a little bit older. He's not that much older. He's only like, what, 31, I think he is. Um, 32. So he's 30. Okay. So I mean, you're off. He, you know, it's common for receivers that age to every now and then have a little bit of an injury. But I mean, people are making the same excuse. Oh, we gave up a second round pick for Muhammad Sanu two seasons ago. Like, but that's Muhammad Sanu. I mean, He's not Julio Jones. Hobbit's yeah. new is just another slot receiver. Julio Jones is a one. He's an X. Like, bring him to New England. Like you said, defenses are going to be honest, and they're going to have to respect the fact that you have Johnny Smith, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar, Julio Jones, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers. You know, if Christian Wilkerson makes the team, uh, Trey Nixon's another one to bring up. Like, he could take Nikhil Harry's spot this year. I mean, you're going to have to be honest with your defense and, like, show, like, hey, we don't know what we can cover. So, one t- like, one person's going to get double coverage. Another per- Like, Jonu Smith might get doubled someplace. Julio might get doubled. Shit, they might triple Julio like they triple D-hop sometimes. Like, anything can happen. But you bring you bring Julio to the Patriots, it's an automatic impact, no matter what. Yeah, it's, it's a massive impact. I don't think people understand what kind of an impact Julio Jones has. Even if you have a guy like him throwing the football – it just you still have to respect Julio Jones at all times. You have to, you know, you have to respect him, and he's gonna draw the other team's best cover defender. You're gonna get the other team's number one cover corner. Which guess what? What does that mean for guys like what? Mean, what does that mean for Nelson Aguilar? He's gonna be facing one-on-one matchups versus your second or third best cornerback. You know what does that mean for Jacoby Myers? He's going to be facing your third or fourth best cornerback or your slot cornerback. You know. But he's in single coverage. And Jacoby Myers really did well when he wasn't bracketed last year. What does that mean for a guy like Kendrick Bourne? You know, he, he's going to get, you know, he's not going to get as much attention. And he's going to get and bring, you know, uh, your their third, fourth best defender, cover defender. What is that going to do for guys like Hunter Henry and John Smith? It means they're going to be facing linebackers and safeties trying to cover them. Sometimes maybe even one-on-one. It's just... It, he opens up your offense. He opens up the offense. And if people don't understand, you know, what a big of an impact he would have, even at his age, 30, 32, I, I say they really don't get the concept that right now, look, this team is loaded right now. The Patriots are built to win right now. Mm-hmm. So what good does a first-round pick for next year do them? Absolutely nothing. If you're in win-now mode, if you're in a team, if you're a team that wants to win now and don't have a lot of holes, right, and you're absolutely loaded. They didn't even draft. They didn't even bring up uh, uh, undrafted free agents this year. They they couldn't. They had no space on the team. The team was already loaded, top to bottom. You could not bring anyone. The Patriots are. There are infamous, basically, for always bringing big classes of undrafted free agents, and they couldn't. They didn't even sign one. I think the a kicker. The kicker. Was, uh, the kicker was right. the only one. That's one. That's one. Right. And they didn't even bring any extra players because they couldn't. The team was already stacked. It was full. 
They have positions everywhere. They have depth everywhere. Their front seven is loaded. They have more pass rushers than they can count now. They have a a, a bunch of linebackers. Uh, this, this, it just the, the front seven of the Patriots have been completely remade. I'm super excited about also to see these guys play. If you're in win now, if in win now mode, then Julio Jones for a first is a no-brainer. Give him the first. Give him the first. Give him the first right now. Who cares about the first round pick? They're ready yeah. to win now. They're ready to win right now. You take Julio Jones, you you put him in the offense, and you watch him just his presence alone make a huge impact in New England. All right. Oh, well, if you thought if you thought, Josh, if you thought Josh Gordon had an impact in New England, no. Watch what Julio Jones does on New England. Watch what the impact he can bring. You, all right, and then you'll see, and you'll see. This team is designed to win now. The fact that people don't want to give up a first round pick for Julio Jones are absolutely asinine. Yeah, it's, it's also telling that we didn't draft you know a wide receiver earlier. I know we drafted Nixon, but yeah, yeah I mean you can make a case. They know they. I mean. You know, they probably want Julio Jones. So that's maybe that's why they didn't draft someone earlier because, you know, and I agree. I think obviously Bill Belichick is not, he's not even thinking about next year. It's literally this year. He wants to win this year. He doesn't want to go back to what we did last year. And I don't either. My liver can't take that. (laughs) Mine either. I'm hoping, whatever, I don't care. Send them, send them Sony, Harry, someone else for Julio. That would be fine. Obviously. I don't know. Listen, uh, lost a lot of weight, which is good, but I, I'm yeah. still, no, I don't. <laughs> Listen, Bailey, let me ask you a question. This is something that I actually we touched a little bit on on JR's pod on Bruins Talk. By the way, if you're not listening to Bruins, you like Bruins, and you want to know about the Bruins, listen to Bruins Talk every week with JR, Connor, and Jake. It'll be coming to you. You listen to them. They're on Spotify and Apple. Now, listen, we were talking a little bit about drinks drinks during the game mm-hmm. now i already know what jr likes he likes all that fruity stuff you know he likes i don't know not always he likes buttery nipples all that crazy drink he likes all <laughs> that fruity stuff with the umbrella and stuff. let me ask you what's your beverage alcoholic beverage of choice while watching a game well when cam newton's starting it's tequila <laughs> oh brian and tequila <laughs> yeah <laughs> Well, we're not going to talk. We're not talking about me. So what? So tequila. So when Cam Newton is not starting, let me ask you: What is your what is your beverage of choice? Oh man. Um. So I'm more of a liquor person. I'll probably do like Malibu and pineapple, or um. Malibu, Malibu rum and pineapple. So that's an yeah. elite drink. That's an elite yeah. drink. It's great. A, it's great. I love I love Malibu and pineapple. So yeah, it's good. If we're winning. And we're we're doing fine. That's probably what I go to. But once we start, so, off, if, if, or, if we're off, if we're off to a rocky start, you you go straight for the tequila. What kind of tequila do you uh, drink? Uh I'm a Patron person. Ah, Patron, classy <laughs> lady, classy, classy. I lady. try, I try. <laughs> classy, classy lady. I, you know, unlike Jr., I, I think he he drinks Svedda, or I don't know, Smirnoff Ice. I don't know what he drinks. Jr., what do I don't. I like what for football. What do you got? Hornitos, Hornitos tequila. What do you drink? Oh, for tequila, I like Patron, and I like uh, what's it called? Don Julio. Don Julio. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. Anejo or silver. I'm not like the other weird it's, tequila types. 
No, this, this, the thing, that's the thing. I feel like there's a lot of different tequila flavors now. Like, there's a yeah, lot of different. There's a lot of different of everything. I feel like every sports athlete comes out with their own tequila brand <laughs> of some sort. I didn't, didn't one of the Kardashians or one of them? They just came out with a, some sort of tequila. Yeah, and it's like a thousand dollars a bottle. Yeah, but it, but supposedly it was like a copyright of this company in Austin, Texas, that they had they they five one five. And she names her what eight one eight or some shit like that. And no, it was eight eight one eight or eighteen oh eight or something like that, and they renamed it something like that. I don't know. All I know is, I there's no way in hell you're gonna find me paying a thousand dollars for a bottle of tequila. Nope. No, no, no. Most all spends forty bucks. No way. I I can get I, I can get drunk on fifty bucks. You tell me I need a thousand dollars to get drunk on tequila? You're crazy. You're crazy. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, those expensive liquors don't have that much alcohol in them. They don't. No, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. Now, you know, let me ask, you know, like I said, when you guys go to games, do you guys experience, when you guys have gone to games, sporting events, uh, do you, have you guys experienced a lot of uh, fighting in the stands or people yelling racist or vulgar things? Because, again, I'm reading here a lot of the stuff, and and Kyrie Irving made some comments about the Boston yeah. fan base booing him, and he made some 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 drastic comments about about how he has heard racism in Boston or racist things being said in Boston. But then we saw over the last couple of nights how there was an incident in Utah, there was an incident in uh, I believe in in, in Philly. Philly there was an incident. You know, even in New York, there was a lot of things that said uh, Dr. Trey Young. Now, do you have you guys experienced or seen things like that? Not necessarily in Boston, uh, but in sporting events. Is that a real common thing to see in sporting events? By the way, by the events that you have gone to? In Florida, yeah. Oh, yeah. A little bit. I mean, a few years ago, I went to the game in Houston, and – I wouldn't say racist, but just very obnoxious fans. Um, I know that the people who are sitting below me, you know, they're from Boston. And I can't tell you what they really said because I forgot. But something about saying you need to go back to the Boston Tea Party or something. I'm like, dude, like, obviously they were drunk. But it's just more, in my personal experience, it's more like obnoxious things to say than racist things. But, I mean, it's 2021. You're going to. It's not just one city that's going to say racist things. I mean, every city's going to – you're going to at least have one person that is probably going to say something, if it's not racist, pretty close, in my opinion. Right. Uh, I mean, I just feel like that's kind of where we're at in today's. You know, it's still there. People are still going to say it, but I wouldn't, like, necessarily, you know, point out a certain city. Right. What about you, JR? If you experience a lot of that uh... – kind of stuff at the sporting events you attended uh towards me no but um when i went to the jags game a couple years ago the jags pats game in jacksonville you know fans were just horrible towards us like they were screaming shit at us and like even my friend he's a falcons fan and they were saying oh matt ryan get the fuck out of here like all that stuff i was like it wasn't really racist it was just more obnoxious mm-hmm. like the way they re- the way they acted and this I said this to uh, somebody a couple days ago. I said, and look how far they've gotten since that 2017 AFC Championship game. Shocker. Not too well. Yeah. 
I mean, I feel like uh, hostility. I mean, I've gone to games. Uh, I've gone to a couple of games in Miami and uh, watching the Dolphins-Patriots games. And I've gone to games where I I haven't necessarily seen any of that stuff. I've, I've seen a couple of obnoxious fans, like Aunt Bailey has said. Uh, but the thing is about Miami is, like, you know, when you go to Dolphins games, there's half the fan base in there is for the opposite, you know, for the opposite team. And that's because South Florida in general has a lot of people out of state. A lot of out of state people come to Florida, you mm-hmm. know, and you have a lot of Steeler fans, a lot of people from New York, a lot of people from, uh, you know, from Washington. You have a lot of people from the northern cities that come to Florida, you know, running away from the weather, running away from, you know, their spouses or wherever they're running away from. They're coming here for, for whatever reason because, you know, again, the Florida. Florida weather, if you feel like heat, if you like tropical weather, you know, this is where you're going to come. And if you're living in a northern city like Chicago or in Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Boston, New York, you're, you're going to migrate south. So when Dolphins games happen and I will go to a Patriots game, half the, half the stadium was Patriots fans. So I guess I was pretty lucky in that sense because I didn't really get to experience the wrath, you know, of an opposing fan base coming down on me. But what I will say in regards to going back to the original question is the reason I'm asking this, because I think it's kind of, this has been happening in sports for a long time. So is it something where it's now more of this woke culture, bringing it back up to where if people are being made more aware, or is it simply because now we have social media and other streams of, of things that are, and it's easier to bring things up like that. Because, again, I felt like this has been happening for years. You know, we've had players go into the stands and basketball games and fight people for things being said to them. You know? It's not something new where fans are being obnoxious and they're saying things to the players, right? And they're getting going into back and forth. Marcus Smart, you know, in college, you know, got into a fight with one of the fans. He pushed, he shoved the fan, all right? And there was concerns about Marcus Smart. So... Do you guys think that this is more of the woke culture kind of bringing this up, or this is something where we're finally addressing something through more of the social media, something that's had, has been needed to be addressed for a long time? I think it's needed to be addressed for a while, but I think, you know, social media and the way politics have become recently with some things, it's just like made it a little bit more than it needs to be. Um, it shouldn't be handled like the way it is. Um, Definitely, they need to do something about it, but I don't know. I would say the woke culture is, like, honestly kind of destroying some things, too. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll say this, and and this is not me defending any other stuff. I'm just trying to elaborate and get some opinions going. But uh, the way this nowadays goes, there's a lot of things that happened in the previous that would not be accepted uh, now. And things that were celebrated before, what would be happening now? And I'll give you an example. The Office. People want the show The Office, right? People, there's fanatics of that show. People love The Office, right? It's a, people have raved about the show. I've watched the series. You know, I'm not a person who's crazy about it, but I do like the show. And, I, and I, there were some funny moments throughout the series that I liked. The Office is one show where they asked Steve Carell, where... You know, how come you guys don't try to bring a reboot or remake or spin-off? He's like, the way things are set up nowadays, that show wouldn't work in today's yeah. day and age. I'm a and, hardcore Office fan. I love that show. 
and, and I think he's right, though. You know, the way things are now set up, the jokes that they were making and the things that they were saying, some of the things that they did and said would not fly, and they would get absolutely crucified for mm. nowadays for, for doing those things. And this is something that was accepted no less than 10 years ago. Now you, it's no, it's no longer accepted. It's no longer tolerated because, you know, and it's the trends and everything like that. People are getting the cancel culture and everybody. It's, 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 it's become a lot more intense. You know, you go back and watch the movie, The Hangover. Okay. <laughs> there are some jokes in there that if they said it in today's age, in today's now, in 2021, they, that, that movie would get canceled into oblivion. Yeah. Into oblivion. Okay, well, some of the jokes and some of the things that they said, but guess what? Back then, we didn't have this culture of things where it was being set like that. You didn't have this medium; people couldn't voice. There were so there were so many people with voices online, so it wasn't. It, it was just a different era, and now you can't do those things because, again, a movie that was celebrated that came out in two thousand eleven would absolutely crucify nowadays, and. You know, that speaks volumes to how things have changed. I'm just wondering, is, is social media more have to do with that? Or is it just more now they're giving more voice to, to concerns and things that maybe they should have voiced a long time ago? You know, it's a good debate to have. And it's just yeah. curious. I always, ask, I always ask people, you know, what they would think. You know, do you think that things that they celebrated 10 years ago are, and now would get shamed? Uh, is that something because of the times? Is it because... It's, it's, it was an error even back then that needed to be corrected, or is it just because social media has too much power now over the things that happen? In my personal opinion, I think obviously social media has a big role in it. And like now, people are just looking, you know, they're just looking for it. Um, and, you know, it, it kind of goes back to that country. I'm not going to go all the way back, but that country singer, you know someone recorded him at his own house and like posted it to social media and that's why they you know found out so if social media wasn't around i don't think it would be a big as a problem as it is now i mean it is a big deal and like i agree there should be a lot of more consequences so this you know that i mean that with that westbrook scenario and all that and the trey young that is just totally unacceptable i mean that should have never happened um but I really do think, you know, social media plays a huge part in it. I mean, because, you know, you can just, you can post whatever you want. Um, and so, you know, the more followers you have and the more engagements you have, yeah, it's going to reach more people. Um, right. So I think if you, you know, if you didn't have that gateway to post that, well, then, you know, not all of us, because if you're not at the, if you're not at that game when it happened to Westbrook, then half of us are not, are going to know what you're talking about. We're not going to know what you're talking about. But if you were there, yeah, you were. So. Obviously, social media is huge when you're, you know, dealing with that. I think one of the biggest impacts that, that social media has had is, 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 is it's on things like that. But I do, I will say that social media has also given a big impact on uh, and shine the light where it needs to be shined, which is, and that's in, uh, you know, in uh, police brutality and mm -hmm. uh, racial injustices like that. It has shined a big light and opened a much bigger gateway to be able to see, because a lot of those things that were happening now, and they were going being swept under the table, basically, yeah. are now more out there for people to see, more visible for others to see, and it's creating much more awareness, I would say, in that sense. So uh, 
you know, racial injustice and police brutality, I think that's one of those positives that I think it has shined the light on. And right. it's, it's, it's brought a positive as, as in terms of, you know, showing us what's really going on. Not that mm-hmm. it's positive that these things are happening to people of color, because it's obviously, it's awful. It's, it's absolutely atrocious at what's happened. But then again, these things have been happening for a long time and social media has actually kind of given it a way to shine a light more on these things. So that's a good thing I would say. Uh, it's a big plus that I think it's kind of worked out in the sense that it's making more people more aware of their surroundings and more aware of what's actually going out there. Yeah, and, and that's that's actually a good thing. Uh, right. You know, it's, it's, it's a very tough topic, but it's something I wanted to ask because again, this whole Kyrie thing happened. And just to go back on the Kyrie comments, I think Kyrie brought this up to take the heat off of him because I think he's a martyr and I think he's playing victim. And I don't think people in Boston are going to boo him because they're racist. I think people are going to boo you, Kyrie, because you said you resigned here and then you sand back to Celtic and then you basically quit on the team and left. That's why people are going to boo you. They're not going to boo you. You know, nobody put a gun to your head and say in front of a crowd, tell people that you're going to resign here. You should have just not said that. Maybe if yeah. you had played it more, you know, be like, we'll see as the season goes on how everything works out and see how everything gels. If I'll be back, you know, if, if people would have understand you, but they would have had more of an understanding for you. But but they left because of the way they boo, they'll boo you because of the way you left, and you deserve to get booed for that and that alone. Anything else extra, anything racial is obviously not uh, it's out of the line. But I just don't think that he's gonna get criticism because of anything else other than his actions and his own words when he was here and the way he left. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely because of the way he left. I mean, he could have done it a million other ways and he would not get booed. But the fact that, like you just said, he basically quit and told the team, oh, yeah, I'm going to be back. I'm going to resign. And then just literally vanished. Yeah, you can't expect to come to Boston out of the many places and expect to get a warm welcome. <laughs> Kyrie like, Irving, yeah, Kyrie Irving, he dodged the Celtics last year. Bef- yeah. Before the pandemic, this guy was basically, every time the, it, was, it was the next turn to play here, the guy who left the team, he was off the Brooklyn Nets for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. For personal reasons. He said that he couldn't play for whatever reason. Nobody knew why the guy disappeared, but he was gone for personal reasons. When it was time to play him in Boston, he dodged Boston all year last year because he's a coward, okay? Kyrie Irving yep. is a coward, all right, who hides behind a victim in a woke attitude and thinks that, you know, he's actually going to bring attention to, oh, well, you know, racism, this and racism. There's a video of you saying there was, you had not experienced anything racist in Boston. Now you want to bring racism into it. Come on, yeah. Kyrie. Be a man. Man up. You're going to get booed. Embrace it. Good players, embrace it. Tom Brady, when he went into a stadium full of Chiefs fans and they made a retirement party for him and with flyers, he embraced it. All right? He yeah. embraced it. When Tom Brady got suspended for four games for that bullshit, the flake, uh, the flake gate, he came back and embraced it. The guy was in probably had one of the best statistical seasons he ever had in 2016. He embraced it. Stop being a coward, okay? Stop using... Stop playing the martyr and stop playing the victim, all right? And using racism in Boston as an excuse and just play and embrace the hate, okay? Because there, there shouldn't be anything more satisfying to a player than shushing, okay, the opposing team's fans in their own building but with your play. 
That's what he should be focusing on. That's what he should have done. Instead, he brought all this extra attention to, 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 the, to the city for racism and it's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap, all right? Kyrie Irving's full of shit. Full of shit. I mean, he, for the rent. No, you're good. I mean, he's a professional, you know, basketball player. You're going to get booed. You might as well man up and just own it. Like, yeah. you can't expect not to play a professional sport and not get booed, especially in Boston, out of all the places. <laughs> I mean, it's not just, you know, but again, you know, look what's happening in New York. You know, mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's Kyrie Irving saying that, you know, uh, New York is racist because they're booing the crap out of Trey Young off the court, especially after Trey Young was talking crap back to the crowd. Trey Young, you know what Trey Young said when he was getting booed off the court in New York after game two? I'll see you in the A Town. You know, he was laughing and saying, okay, I'll see you in A Town. This Trey Young, you know what Trey Young is doing? He's embracing the hate and he's bringing it. He's bringing it with his play. He's playing. He's playing basketball. He didn't, he's not making excuses with, it, with anything else. All right. So unless someone literally is saying really racist, uh, uh, really uh, slurs in your face, you know that's one thing. But to say, oh, they're gonna boo me because they're racist, that's that's completely different story. It's a completely different narrative, and it's bullshit. It's absolute bullshit. Um, look, guys, we're running out of time. We've had a long show. We've talked about a lot of things. It's been a lot of fun here talking with my co-host, my new co-host, Bailey. Uh, you will catch us here um, in the next couple of weeks bringing some other stuff. As the season starts to get going in Patriot Land, we'll obviously we'll ramp it up some content. Uh, we're very excited to do some things here at, at Title Talk Media. And we have, you know, we're working on our website. We're doing a bunch of things here, a lot of new stuff coming up. I want to give a big shout out once again to uh, Bryson and LB. And I also want to give a special shout out to LB for bringing in Bailey and introducing us to the Teletalk uh, uh, media family. Now, uh, we're going to wrap up the show uh, by basically going around the virtual room. And you're going to tell people where they can find you online. So let's start with ladies first. Bailey, uh, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. Um, my username there is Bailey M. 9715 and then you can find me on Twitter I had to make a new Twitter because someone decided to report my account won't name any names (laughs) Um, (laughs) but my username there is Bailey Michelle 15 and I am very active on either one of those so awesome give her a follow all right, give her a good follow and also follow all her content she's going to be doing big things here for us Uh, just a JR uh, aside from watching you own on Bruins Talk, uh, on Apple and Spotify, where can the people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter. They're both the same handle. It's at Bergeron Takasha. Uh, it's at Bergeron2, and then it's K-A-S-E. Um, you can find our Bruins Talk podcast official Twitter and Instagram at Bruins Talk TTM on Twitter and Instagram. And yeah, that's about it. I just use Twitter and Instagram mostly. No other apps. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh, You're welcome, man. That, go ahead and give him a follow. Uh, also, make sure you catch the brand new episode of Stock already up online. You can uh, hear all our talks about uh, how he likes fruity drinks. And we're going to talk. We also talked a lot about uh, some good Bruins content. So you definitely want to listen to that. And you want to listen to the upcoming episodes. You can catch me at TTM Brian on Twitter. And on Instagram at MuffinTop007. Yes, I said MuffinTop007. No, I'm not going to tell you what it means. You can also find me giving out content at Title Talk Media Handle. And also make sure to follow our other shows at KP and the Kid. 
and follow also at Title Talk NFL with Bryson and LB. Thanks everyone for once again joining the show and uh, uh, say bye everybody. Peace bye. out everybody. Have a good night. Oh, thank you.